everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Remember the golden rule? Whoever has the gold makes the rules. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> Good dude. I'm awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm drinking. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, this this guy who just came to my house left a Heffenweiss in there. It's a, it's a lightful. Ooh. Um, I dare to say it's delightful. Dude, that's a good one. It that's is. from uh, Tired Hands Brewery in Ardmore, PA. I was just in town, and that's like the main brewery I drive an hour and a half to go visit every time I'm home. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Well, not an hour and a half, an hour. Is the Heffenweiss in the type that you've been brewing? No, that's a New England IPA. Uh, not similar. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of similar in the fact that it's cloudy, but um, a different yeast strain and mm. different hot profile. But it does you. It does have wheat. It's a wheat beer. Uh, a German Do wheat beer. Heffenweisens have stinky yeast. Uh, a banana, clove, bubblegummy smell. Do you get bubblegum? Mm. Mm, Do you I, get I banana? Know. Maybe a little bit. Banana, yeah. yeah. Clove is another one. It's mm. a common descriptor of the smell. It's good. Yeah. It um, reminds me of like the beer garden. Yes, and it should because it's German. So I am drinking a New England style IPA, which you just mentioned, or I mentioned, uh, brewed with Citra, Eldorado, and Amarillo, or Ama Amarillo. Uh, it's double dry hopped with Simcoe hops, and it's from a brewery called Yule's Brewing here in Boulder, Colorado. And I've actually met the head brewer, Yule, Aaron Yule. Oh. Yeah. So, drinking his beer. Promoting his <laughs> Prom beer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey. Where can hey. I go to pick up his beer? Colorado. Shop? You can come to Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. Yep. That's where you get it. <laughs> um, so, it's pretty good. Uh, I want to thank Michael, who sent in our catchphrase today via email. Thank you, Michael, very much. And... Today, we're doing five questions, as you probably read from the title of this episode. Let's get into it. Mm, let's do, do it. All right. Question number one is all about debt consolidation. Do they actually work? Do debt consolidation companies actually work, or is it a scam? That's a fucking great question. Yeah. And uh, so, so I, I dug in, uh -huh. and um, it turns out uh, Dave Ramsey really has quite a lot to say about this. Okay. And so, um, one, yes, there are some companies that will be scams, as with anything in life. Uh huh. Um, as a general concept, no, it is not a scam. Um, and there's two kind of like separate camps. Or, or So there's consolidation, which is taking all of these 50 credit cards and putting into one debt payment. So it's kind of like a refinance. Would it be similar to getting a personal loan and just using your personal loan to pay off all these credit cards and then just paying back the personal loan? That is, that is exactly it. Okay. And so the things that people like Dave Ramsey say against it is, um, one, the monthly payment will probably be less because it's spread out over a longer term. And so if you're, say, you have to pay down all of your debt and it's $500 a month and you consolidate it and now you only have to make a $100 a month payment. It's just going to take longer to pay Because the 30-year term, yeah. yes, you will pay more. But, you know, if you are smart about it and you reduce the rate and you pay, you know, the interest rate and you pay it off quick, you're going to do well. With these consolidation companies, they may also charge you an origination fee, hmm. which sucks. So, you know, hey, you have $10,000 in debt. 
we charge a 10% origination fee. So now you're $11,000 in debt. We also lowered your interest rate. So we're all adults here. If you have credit cards, you can, you're clearly capable of applying for loans. So when it comes to consolidation, just do it yourself. Yep. Now, sorry, good. No. There's another like camp where so we got the consolidation and now we have relief. Right. And companies that do relief, uh, what they do is, and this really only works if you're like right on the precipice of like doom. We're like, you really kind of can't pay your debt off. They go and call your credit card companies, the people you owe money to, and they're like, look, Matt Givenizzi, he's not going to pay you a dime. But if you cut it in half, I think he can handle it. So they're negotiators. Right. And so they essentially get your total amount that you owe reduced. And what they do is they do not collect a fee or anyone that you sign up for should not collect a fee unless they literally get it reduced. And it would still be less than what you would originally pay. Um, and those, I think, are awesome. But again, if you think you can negotiate with these companies, it's obviously cheaper to do it yourself. So uh, debt consolidating companies, do they actually work? Final answer. Yes. Uh, consolidation companies, yes. But you could do that yourself. Debt relief, uh, yes. And that's up to you. If you use it or do it yourself, tell me. Nah, it's probably a bad question. But you, I'm just like hypothetically, if you were in a shitload of credit card debt, what would you do? I'm I'm a hard ass with this shit. I, I want to call people up and I want to do like the most. Yeah. I want to speak to your supervisor. Yeah. You know, or like yeah. whatever. I would do that shit. I also but if th- that's not you. Yeah. I also think there's a little bit of. Um, I mean, I, look, I'm. I have a friend who's currently considering debt consolidation. The problem is, is that when you have a lot of debt, you also probably have a bad credit score and you also have a lot of debt. Mm. So getting a loan from the bank is probably not in your cards that they're probably going to be like, wait, what do you want to do with the, what do you want to do with the loan? Oh, you want to pay off a bunch of credit card debt? Yeah. We're not giving you this loan. See, the thing is, is these days, if you go to a company like Ernest or credible and like we, Wrote so about buy, them right? extensively. A- anyone will get a debt from these, uh, uh, a loan from these companies. Just the rate depends on how what it is, right? Yeah, and then thing is, almost certainly you're going to get a rate lower than a credit card interest rate. So, okay, if that's what your debt is, you will almost always be better off. So, would you be? Would you recommend instead of going to a debt consolidation company, going to something like Earnest or SoFi or Credible and getting your own personal loan out? Yes. I would say in that case, you do that. Debt relief depends how negotiating you think you. Um, Okay, so this is not planned. I just Mm -hmm. figured, why not help out a brother in arms? Go Go to listenmoneymatters.com slash earnest. Yeah. If you want to sign up for earnest, which is the one you recommend. Yes, I think they're the best one. Cool. And that is... From Simone via Facebook, thank you so much for that question. Probably one of the best questions we've ever gotten because I've had that same question for years. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What's up with these companies? You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. All right. So question number two uh, is apparently for me. That's what the notes say. So it's in red. Okay. Here it's in very, it's very red. Okay. Uh, maybe I should read it then. Yeah. Why don't you read Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm always right. the one reading these fucking questions. Why don't you read it? <laughs> T- take a load off. Yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, sit down. All right, long distance move. 
first want to start off by saying that I absolutely love the show. Yada, yada, yada. Cool. Love the show. Yeah. Um, recently, I was just offered a move from upstate New York to Kentucky through my job, General Motors. Cool. They give us an allowance of $5,000 to move. Super cool. It'll be a raise, a better plan to work at as well. Uh, and he's been trying to leave New York for some time. Or she's been trying to leave New York for some time. Okay. Her question is, are there any tricks or tips to moving long distance because it isn't going to be a cheap situation? She's trying to make the best choices, uh, maximizing the money they give. Uh, and obviously, if it costs less than $5,000, then she's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so here's the thing. I don't know if I actually have practical advice. I'm just going to tell you what I did. We're all about the impractical. Uh, look, I I, look, I can't say here's, you know, if I had to do this again, um, I would. So here's the thing. If I'm moving and I got five grand, I'm not lugging shit. I'm hiring a, a moving company and, and making them do most of the work. Well, well, real quick before you answer, yeah. how much did it cost you to move to Colorado? Uh, to like to move our stuff? Yeah, uh, zero dollars or because you oh because you just drove it over and okay, so this is what I was saying. It's it's okay, impractical. Yeah, fine. I don't know. So, um, I basically left everything in Jersey. I I I had an entire condo. I had furniture. I had all of that stuff. I had moved that stuff into my brother's house when I moved in with him and it, it resided in his house and Steph and I moved to Colorado in a Honda civic coupe, which means two doors instead of four. <laughs> and that anything we could fit in that car is what we brought to Colorado. So computers. So basically my iMac sat in the entire back seat of the coupe <laughs> and that took up most of the car. Steph um, brought socks. Steph brought, and- she had one, she could only bring one of the two socks that she had. <laughs> Not pairs, just one, and then so yeah, we and we, it had to protect the screen of right, your iMac during the <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we used her one T-shirt she could bring to protect the screen. So, uh, no, I I I moved on pennies. I mean, obviously, I had to pay for gas getting across the country. I drove my Honda Civic across the country. Um, I would say that if I had to do that again, and I had some furniture, I'd probably rent a u-haul truck of some sort and i would also drive my so i would have somebody drive my car and then somebody and then i would drive the u-haul truck and i would just do it all in one trip and then drop the u-haul truck off at the local one in kentucky so that's what i would do to make it cheap because yeah you could spend five grand to hire a a, a van lines company sort of thing to you know get a tractor trailer and drive all your stuff down but i think the better move would be to do it um with like a you know buying some sort of U-Haul type of vehicle or renting a U-Haul vehicle that you can dr- drop off in a different location. Mm. That's the move. I mean, um, if you have two cars and you got to get them down, I mean, I would recommend maybe either you know getting one of your friends to come down with you or a family member to come down with you and then like fly them back because that's going to be a cheap flight for sure. Oh, um, that's true, and yeah, yeah, have everyone drive a separate car. You do a little caravan down to down to Kentucky. Sounds like a fun road trip, actually. Um, that's probably what I would do to make it as cheap as possible. Um, the other thing I would do is sell some shit. <laughs> like Sell everything. In my case, like you're starting a new life. You might have some pieces that you like, but ultimately, it's probably going to be cheaper to you, for you to get that stuff again down in Kentucky, especially in Kentucky, as, as opposed to like 
New York, right? So this, those things are going to be cheap. Um, and plus, like a five hundred dollar couch just to bring it across state lines to I, Kentucky, it's probably not even worth. I would ask you how how much do you love that couch? You know what yeah. I mean? How much do you love that bed frame that you couldn't get that at IKEA when you get down there? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, like if it costs you five hundred dollars to move a five hundred dollar couch, sell it for fifty. Yeah. Get pizza for your friends. Yeah. And buy a new couch. Um. So I love this idea that, you I mean, one, you're going to make more money at this other location. Awesome. Mm. Uh, you're, you're getting an allowance, and it's cool that you get that extra. You know, if you could save, you know, if you can move for a couple of thousand instead of 5,000, cool. I would hope that you would get that extra 3,000. I'm not sure that you would, mm. right? You're saying, like, you'd have, that you might have to show receipts. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had to show receipts, I'd say, well, then use the five thousand dollars to move. I'd say, don't do, don't lift a finger, right? Mm. But if uh, if you get that extra money, then yeah, you could do like a nice little U-Haul truck, box truck. All you need is a box truck, really. I had a friend that moved from Indiana um, out to here, and uh, you know, it, it was just a box truck and and his and his one car and two people drove it. That was it. Um, and then you drop off the U-Haul at the local plant, wherever wherever it is. So here's another piece of advice. Um, kind of unsolicited, kind of nothing to do with finance, finances. Um, you're moving to a different location. One of the first and best things that we ever did when we moved out here was say yes to everything. Mm, and I remember you telling me, yeah. You're going to be working at a plant, so you're going to meet some people. But uh, both Steph they and I They might not work, be your people. Yeah, it might yeah. not be your people. We said yes to every single thing anyone invited us to. Um, still kind of do it. You know, we're still new. I still feel new here. And now I have a pretty solid core friend group, which is which was like I, I, I made very quickly because of that mantra of when we moved here was say yes to everything. And, you know, it makes you feel comfortable. You get to, you know, you go out a lot. You get to see a bunch of things. It's just like. You know, you're going to be at work. Someone's going to be like, hey, do you want to go to happy hour? Yes. Hey, do you want to go to this? My friend's party. So your party? yes, you just say yes to everything because you're going to make friends very quickly that way. And you're going to experience the new city that you live in very quickly. And that helped us out like tremendously. So that's I know it's unsolicited, but um, I would say. Yeah, we we moved out here super cheap. The, the one thing that we did do, 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 though, just to kind of tell a story is. I was very nervous about moving to Colorado because, oh my, are you serious? I've never, for 30 something years, I lived in (laughs) one fucking town. Like I, I, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm uprooting my life Mm. and my friends and my family. I'm leaving everybody. Yeah. You know? Um, So I, and I have anxiety too. So I thought, (laughs) I thought I was going to move here and fucking lose it. Like breakdown completely just like, what did I just do? Mm. You know? So one of the tricks that I came up with for myself was we decided to move here with no apartment. We didn't have like a place to live. Mm. Um, and the reason was we wanted to live out here and look around first, right? We wanted to like see be, who's even for you. Yeah. Well, we knew that. So we had lived out here for a month and kind of got the lay of the land, but we lived, we stayed in an Airbnb for a month as a kind of like a vacation sort of thing. But 
when we moved out here, I decided to rent an Airbnb for two months while we looked for a place to live. So we had time to really kind of, you know, make a decision on where we wanted to be. And and they have couches and all that. It stuff. was all furnished. Yeah, it was fully furnished. And then we found a house and then we slowly bought things over time through Ikea and Wayfair and shit like that. Cheap, cheap furniture stuff. And so, yeah, so I was really nervous that like I would freak out because I'm like, if we moved out there and we went into an apartment that we'd never saw before and it sucked, I would feel like I made the worst decision of my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like imagine going to a new city and it's not the city's fault. It's actually the 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 apartment that you chose over the internet. Mm. I imagine that's what makes you feel like shit, right? That's a really good point. And yeah. then you're not forced to move anything. Right. First of all, because you have two months and you could actually slowly acquire things. Yeah. So all of that said is like, I think there's more to just financial situations when moving long distances. I think it's a mental thing as well. And uh, if you can use the money to sort of ease your mentality especially moving across the country because you are leaving things that you're familiar with oh yeah you know so i think it's important to use that money not just to you know obviously to get your shit across the country or across state lines but to also feel good about your decision Mm. that's my answer i think that's an awesome idea and while you're telling the story, I just pulled up a bunch of Airbnbs <laughs> in right around where the plant is in Kentucky. And you can say it's pretty baller places for like $40 a night. Whoa. I mean, obviously, you get is that good or bad? That's way cheap. Yeah, I That's was going to awesome. say, and then if you do a monthly deal, oh, you get, you get, yeah, you get a discount. Get way less. And so... And if and if your budget is you do say you do the mat and you do two months, you're not even going to scratch five thousand dollars. Yeah, and you leave, you sell all your shit, so you even have more than five thousand dollars. And if that's part of the if they'll if they'll let you use that money for that, and that way you have time down in Kentucky to sort of like drive around, see the neighborhoods, check out apartment complex, like literally be there and do that kind of reconnaissance mission. While staying in a place that's super mm. comfortable, has all the amenities, it's really nice. It's not a hotel because fuck that. You Dude, know, like I'm looking at one. It's a mo- it's modern industrial loft. It is it is like straight up baller to the max. Exposed brick. Like uh, obviously, yeah. somewhere someone famous lives here. It's fifty five dollars a night. That's and then yeah, when you when you talk to the to the seller or the you know whatever's doing the Airbnb, you can talk them um, into a a bulk deal for multiple nights. Mm which is what we did. Yeah. And we had a, <laughs> I'll never forget that place to be honest. Like it was like one of the coolest, nicest places we ever stayed in. And it was great. And I'm like, I'm grateful that I did it because for the first two months of living here, my anxiety level was super low because I had such you didn't have a to nice worry place. about anything. You don't have to worry I, about cleaning. And Nope. It was so nice. It was so nice. Such a nice place. Boom. Love Hopefully it. that helps. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Brianna, for that question. I hope that helps. Um, if you have any questions, obviously you can email us. I'd be happy to, you know, pass you pass it along to me. I'll happy to give some advice if I have any. Uh, so, question number three. Let's talk about this. All right, I recently got engaged and will be getting married next July. The money that I, the money nerd that I am, I'm already thinking about how combining finances will work. 
I receive a paycheck every week, $72,500 before taxes. A week? No. <laughs> That's got to be yearly. <laughs> Damn. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I receive a paycheck every week when my fiance owns his own successful landscaping business and does very well. Um, at the beginning of 2019, he converted his business into an LLC and receives a quote unquote paycheck every week. However, he really only pays himself enough to cover the mortgage every month, every month for tax purposes. And honestly, he doesn't really have any personal expenses that he can't just write off for his own business. Eating out, utilities, gas, all that gets paid through the business. Praise so what do you me. think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Uh, so what do you think is the best way for us to get in some sort of savings spending plan? Does the business need to get on its own plan too? All right. That's the question. I <laughs> I feel like there's multiple things to unpack. There's yeah, there for for sure is. So there's the um, saving or how do you distribute? How, how do you has each person pay for each piece of living together? Yeah, and then there's just the ultimate combining of money. Um, like, does it all become one? Yeah. I see you making what I could only say is a Scrooge McDuck face. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, either that or you just had something very sour. Um, Laura a- and I have our finances completely merged. We have then. Then you explain how you do it, because I and then you explain. Obviously, you're married. I'm not right. married, and you know I don't know how you guys are and whatever, and so you can explain. Okay. Um. I uh, worked at an investment bank before I met Laura, and, and the name maybe alludes to more money than I was actually getting paid because I was on the tech side, mm-hmm. but I made more than her. Um, and so uh, when we were living together, we, what, I, what we did is we kind of like summed up the total amount of money that we made. So let's just say hypothetically that was 100000 a year, even though it was not even close. Um, and then let's say I made sixty thousand of that, and she made forty thousand. That means I would pay sixty percent of all of the things: rent, toilet paper, whatever. Obviously, give or take, you know, hair's breadth things. So that's that's how we approached splitting before we were married, and we kept everything separate. And then when we got married, um, we combined everything because my thought was if I uh, thought it wasn't going to work or I thought there would need to be some sort of exit strategy, then I just wasn't going to do it. Like that was Mm -hmm. dumb. Mm -hmm. I was either in or not. Um, And so well before we got married, we were on the same page in terms of spending where it wasn't my money and her money. We both, it was like, if it was $20 or more, we would probably talk about it. And so when we combined, it was never an issue of, who was making water, how much we had, because we were already on the same page with spending. Is there a, is there another reason financially f- to do that, to combine, ex- to combine your thing? Well, it's infinitely easier to manage. And what I've found, and, and I don't know, I, I've thought about this a lot, whether mm-hmm. it's Laura and I and our finances or business type things, whether it's like what we do together or, you know, me and you, Matt, mm-hmm. um, it is always easier when everyone is working towards the same goal, mm-hmm. right? And you, like, if I was to help you out with things, but I had my own kind of like reservations or needing to hold me things, 
I can't actually give all of me. You, you get like, com- I view combining as greater than the sum of the parts in terms of the effort people are putting towards things and then the opportunities you have access to. When you say combining, are you how are you technically combining? What does that mean? So one checking account where yes. all of the, okay. So, I mean, and look, I still have a checking account from before. Laura still has a checking account from before. So you have your and, own separate things. But uh, all of our money flows into our joint account and our investment accounts are shared and we pretty much share access to all the things. And okay. so, yeah. All right. I will tell you how I do it because I am, I've also thought a lot about this. I am not married, but we are basically married in the terms of like common law. We live together. We do everything together. Um, we're home all I mean, the time your together. Your socks protected your iMac. That's yeah, pretty I mean, that's right love. There. That's yeah. love. So <laughs> we, uh, I am very adamant about keeping things separate. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's not about um, trust. It's not about, um, it's not about any of that. It's not about like, you know, I just think I like, we're both very independent people and we like to control our own finances. Um, the most important part of that though, the most important caveat to that is we are extreme communicators. We have a rule in our house where we're not allowed to be silent. We're not allowed to brood. We're not allowed to be like sulky without explaining in words to each other why we're, fe- we're feeling that way. Mm. So in our household, yes, we, I have my own business and Steph uh, works for herself as well, but does not make as much as I do. So I get a quote unquote paycheck and in, I don't have to say quote unquote because I literally get a paycheck from my own company because I have an LLC, but it's taxed as an S corp. And so I use a payroll company. Gusto, you can go to listenmoneymatters.com slash gusto. Wow, you are feeling generous Ho! today, sir. <laughs> Cha-ching! No. Uh, what do we get? A gift card or some shit? We so, get an Amazon gift card. Yeah, there you go. I use gusto. It's true. And I give myself a paycheck. So I have a paycheck. And my business expenses are very, very separate from my personal expenses. Yes. And I don't know about you guys. And Taylor, I would say, keep keep that shit separate. Mm. I would I would be real wary of bleeding those together because there are consequences that can occur when they bleed together. Well, explain. Don't allude. I'm not alluding because we have plenty of business expenses yes. that we do keep separate. Dude, I, here's the thing: when it comes to business expenses, if it's not for the business, I do not. Use the business to pay for it, and I'm. I'm we kinda, also we don't participate in tax fraud. I just no, want to right, kind of put exactly. that out there. We, no, no, no. We keep things appropriate. Dude, but even but. like if I go out to dinner, and I'm going out to dinner with Steph, and we're having date night. Yeah, like if we mention business, I'm not gonna be like, "Well, we mentioned business, then what's the fucking rain off?" Blah blah blah. I'm not doing that because I, mm. God forbid, I get audited, and they're like, "Why did you go to this four hundred dollar plate restaurant?" <laughs> not that that's ever happened, but. I don't want it to be like, well, we talked about business. We're business friends. That's why you write on the back of the receipt what you talked about. Yeah, I, I'm not doing it. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. I want to keep it separate because one, when I do the books for my business, I want to make sure that my business actually made money. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm bleeding it with my personal life, then I, how do I really know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. I get a paycheck and Steph and I communicate 
Um, because Steph doesn't make as much as I do, I pay more for our rent. Just mm. like you said, you do a sixty. You did a sixty forty split. Mm. Um, I, that was an arbitrary number. Uh, I don't. And, I think and, it was and, and more skewed. But same. I go. We just. We literally just talked it out loud. What is fair? What is fair that you pay? What is fair that I pay? And understanding that I do make more. I'm not trying to strap her for cash. How? What about the car? We split the car. How does that? Mm. What's fair there? She uses it more than I do. So we we decided to do fifty fifty on that one. What about groceries? Who's going mm. shopping? Sometimes, because I work at home... This can get complicated and contentious. But here's the thing. Again, Mm. this is all about communication. So we had a a little bit of a, hey, I'm going shopping more often than you. Like, I'm going to the grocery store more often than you because you're working during the day. I want to go get food. I'm going to go. I have no problem going... She says, I have no problem going food shopping. The problem is that I am paying for it when I go. Mm -hmm. So what I did was... I got my credit card and I made her an authorized user. And so she has her own credit card. So every other trip, it gets put on my account. Mm. And so she, so, and we just keep an eye on it. You know, this week was her, her turn. Next week is my turn. And so she'll just flip out the credit card when it's my turn and use the other credit card when it's her turn. Mm. And that's how we split it. Um, obviously we're not married. So I think that's, that, you know, we can do joint accounts, but it's, I, I just thought at this point, it's probably not worth it for us to do. And since I'm saving a lot more, she could, I could make her, uh, a, you know, she could add to a account, you know, but I'd rather her just Venmo me and then I'll add it. You know, I just like to keep things separately for ease. Mm. I, 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 even, I will, I will defend my right to have separate finances forever. Mm. And just figure out a way to work together as a couple who communicates well to, to on, on financial situations. Those things are not kept quiet in our house. We also both the, the come from financial backgrounds. Is, what? We both come from financial backgrounds, so we understand that. Right. You're both physically smart, and I think the operative word is just the, the communication piece. Which, it really is. Whether it's together or separate, it mm-hmm. really lives and dies by, by the communication. That And that's like... That's really it for us. I don't want an, I don't want another credit card. I don't want another checking account card just because we needed to combine our finances and another account that I have to move money into. It just feels cumbersome to me. It's enough. Yeah. So I, there's, I think that's two different ways to go about it. I don't know mm. if it's any specific like definitive answer, but I think there's two sides to the coin. Decide what is best for you and your cup and your relationship. Cool. 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 Take a break? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We have two more questions to answer. So we'll be right back. And we're back. (laughs) All right. So question number four. I would like to learn how to get away from living check to check, paycheck to paycheck, baby. I am a teacher. My wife stays at home with our toddler. There is never enough money. We've made the responsible choice to not have another child due to money being an issue every week. So mortgage, school loans, car payments, etc. It all leaves us with the inability to save. We have no savings, which is a scary place to be. All of the financial advisors lead with what to invest in. So how do I create $5,000 to have the capital to actually 
need a financial advisor. Oh, so what he's alluding to is they won't even <laughs> talk to him if he doesn't have money to invest. That sounds it. It should be noted we have poor credit and no longer use credit cards. Cash in hand and it goes quickly. Okay. Um, first of all, mm. you don't need a financial advisor. No. You're listening, they, to this, you're listening to this podcast. They're going to charge you most of the ones, especially the ones that won't take you on because you're not, they're, they're taking yeah. a percentage of your stuff. That's yeah. bad news. Here's the thing. Um, I, I was just home, New Jersey. I was home in New Jersey. I was eating a Wawa hoagie. And I, I was talking to a buddy and I talked about emergency funds, you know, saving a thousand bucks. Everyone just to- talks to you about money now, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, <laughs> I would no. Actually, yes, yes. That's exactly what everyone talked about. I thought I thought I was being nice, but saying no, nope. People text Laura. Ask your husband. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what should I invest in? Uh, so I, so a thousand bucks. Right? Cattle ranches only. Cattle ranches. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> only hemp farms. So. The thing was, is he, uh, you know, he was like, I go, you need, you know, you need a thousand dollars in a savings account, just a fucking emergency fund. He's yeah. like, I can't do that. It's impossible. Like, I go, oh, is it? Is it? My thought was, yes. You hearing me, my words saying, hey, Jeffrey, you need five thousand dollars so that you can get a financial advisor. You hear me say that. And what that says to your brain is, I don't have $5,000. Like $5,000 is one big chunk of fucking money, mm. right? Ah, uh, yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, Matt. Thank you, Andrew. The idea that, yes, I understand that you don't have $1,000 to put into an emergency fund. We, none of us do. And it's so easy to be stressed out by that thought alone because it feels so big and audacious and like, uh, where? Because we're living paycheck to paycheck. Fine. I get it. Here's what you're going to do. <laughs> no, no. It, this is, it's the, you're explaining in such a great way. Cause the first thing I did when I read this question was take 5,000 and divide it by 365. And I, I just want to know it's $14. It's less than $14 a day. There you go. Okay. But but you're explaining it. Go. Here's the thing. Yes. Look, time and money are they go kind of hand in hand. You're you're making a paycheck every week. So you're getting this money every single week. Now, okay, you have all of these bills. Like I'm glad you don't have credit card debt. That's awesome. You have poor credit. That will get fixed because now you have you're no longer using credit cards. Good first step. Even if you had credit card debt right now, you chop those bad boys up, you don't use them. They're dead. They're dead to you until you pay off the credit card debt. Um, I'm assuming you have debt because you say you have poor credit. So I'm assuming there's some debt there. You have obviously student loans. Well, mortgage, student mortgages, loans, car yeah. payments. So plenty of debt. And there's etc. Yeah. But so. I'm saying like bad debt, meaning credit yes. card debt. That was not mentioned. But okay. You have to take 25 bucks a week, right? And pay yourself first. I don't care. Yeah, it's you know what that might mean? Deleting something out of your life. One thing. Hulu? <laughs> Do you have a Netflix account? Do you have a um I don't know, can you lower some kind of your 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 
internet bill? Can you? What can you do? There's, Here, here's the there's thing. Something you can do. I I this this is the approach, but at least for my personality type, I my questions would be like, okay, Matt, like that's like a whole list of things. Which which one? I don't use Hulu. Like what else? All right, fine. And you're right. You're right. I you're right. I think that the real like real life changing thing that you can do is go to mint.com, sign up. It is free forever. Free forever. Mm-hmm. You link your accounts. It automatically pulls in all the money you spend, and it tells you this is how much you spend on restaurants, this is how much you spend on debt payments, whatever. And once you can see the mm-hmm. totality of where your spending goes, can you then only know what you can cut? Because can I can I give you yeah. an alternative? I personal said capital. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go to listenmoneymatters.com slash personal capital. Uh, so I I my friends were sitting there. And I was mm-hmm. having this conversation very late at night, and it was about, you know, we don't have a we don't have a pot to piss in. We don't, you know, like we're living paycheck to paycheck. Like money comes in, where the fuck does it go? All that kind of stuff. Um, where do you, where am I going to get a thousand dollars for my um, emergency fund? Like impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I said to them, very, you travel so they, across the country, drink with your friends, and this is the question. This is the questions you? I get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I which I like. You know, to yeah, be honest, yeah. you know, it could be like, helpful. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to be helpful. Um, so I said, you need to make a spreadsheet. <laughs> I know, I know. Spreadsheets are awful, but really all it is is a list. I'm not asking you to like put fucking formulas in. I'm, put, I'm telling you to just make a list. Make a list of every single thing. You have to, and I think the reason why I'm, I'm saying not mint is because you need to write it. You need to like physically uh. type you know, uh, electric bill, seven fifty a month. <laughs> like, like, Oh God, you need to feel, <laughs> you need to feel the list grow. I, I dig this. You know what I mean? And One then the you, th- no, sorry. Again. Well, I'm just saying, then you look at it all and go, and all you have to do is I'm not asking you to like make a full spreadsheet. I'm telling you to write down all your monthly expenses, loose leaf piece of paper, right? Dude. Down. Yeah. A, yeah. It doesn't have to be much. Now Doesn't imagine if you sent this in to Matt Givanisi, take a screenshot of it, mm-hmm. send it in. What do you think Matt Givanisi will we say about? Yeah, he's like, right. yo, $500 a month on ESPN. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. I'm like, cut. There's, you know, you can get that shit for, you know, but there is this like, if you see it all in one page, all you have to do is cross off one thing. That's it. That's all I'm at. And cross off something big. And then whatever money you just crossed off, you're going to take that and you're going to automate that money out of your checking account and into a savings account. You can use Betterment now. They have a savings account that automatically will f- pull X amount What's of dollars. What's the web address for that, Matt? It is listenmoneymatters.com <laughs> slash Betterment. And you can pull money immediately in this account. And within months, you will have your 1000 5000 whatever. And it's a thing. You want to use the computers for what they're good at, automating yeah. stupid things like pulling your savings out so you don't accidentally buy the third TV this month. Exactly. And it's not even like that. It's really this recurring revenue life that we live in, bills and 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 streaming services and whatever. Like It can really add up. Really, it's just... It's one, it's kind of One of, of the sad. things that Laura and I did where our spending was getting a bit out of control and we we 
you know, use mint and there's only so much that like you can glean from these things. And so uh, we, we lovingly coined this the refrigerator method where we taped a piece of paper to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. We determined how much money we think we should max spend on something. And every time we went to the supermarket, to CVS, to a restaurant, whatever we spend money, we hand wrote it as a thing on there. And at the end of, and we did this weekly. Yeah. And at the end of the week, we totaled it up and we saw if we were above or below. And if we were above, then next week we had to spend less. Yeah. And just being super ultra conscious about everything. I'll end it with this phrase. Mm. What gets measured gets managed. Mm. Remember that phrase. All you have to do is step on the scale every morning and be like, I'm fat. Because that you're going to make better choices that day. All you have to do, and this is tough, because I don't want to step on a goddamn scale, but you but you write down your shit and you go, <sighs> you're going to make a better choice that day. You're going to make a better choice that week. You're going to make a better choice that month. And over time, that will add up and you will have that savings. You will have that $5,000. And by that time, you're going to be so financially savvy. You're not going to need a financial advisor. And instead, you could take that money and invest it into something that's very easy for yourself. And I, I got one piece to add to that. To no, really I had the off. final word. No, go ahead. Well, I, <laughs> you know, how, how do you get uh, yourself on the scale? Like you put it in front of the area that you're going to be. So you make mm-hmm. sure you weigh yourself. But then it's between you and the scale. And you obviously know I'm a little overweight, but I'm still having the cookie. And the best way to account for that is you have to involve other people. And so accountability if you wrote is, your is, weight is helpful. Up, yeah, so if you wrote your weight on the fridge, now your wife or kids or whatever, they can chastise you for being fat. And even better, <laughs> but you know what? Like sometimes Tough you love, need you know? the support. Like, yeah. Or you text it out to your family. Uh, we have a community in, on Facebook. You could put this stuff in there and share it mm-hmm. so that people can hold you accountable. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're not able to do it yourself, it's not because you're not good enough. You just need a little help. Honestly, it's numbers and psychology. Yeah, it's really not. It's no. It's no one's fault. It's just like it's how we're built, and you have to get into the habit, the swing yeah, of yeah. just making the right decisions. Yeah. So Jeffrey, I hope that helped. Uh, appreciate the question. Obviously, we could talk about that topic all mm. day. <laughs> so we're going to move on to question number five and wrap things up. This one is about capital gains. So are you ready? Well, I was going to say I think there's a bonus question. There is a bonus question, but we're not getting to it today. We're going right, to fine. push it off. All right. Because we are, we are running. Time is clocks a ticking. Mm. All right. This is from uh, Fared. Is that how you said that name? Yeah. All right. Fareed. Fareed. I, I would say that sounds more. All right. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. I was about to start buying gold ETFs for my portfolio, but then I found out there's a 28% tax on its capital gains once it's sold. Does that mean I am not supposed to sell it until I retire slash become financially independent? When creating a portfolio with the Golden Butterfly or the AW portfolio, am I supposed to sell parts of it throughout its life cycle? Or do I just buy at a constant rate, averaging gains and losses until I retire slash become financially independent? Mm. I am love uh, it. I am lobbing this over to you, my friend. Okay. So first, 
I just want to say, I want to give like some rough numbers and then dig into it. So we did the uh, Golden uh, Butterfly episode. We talked about Ray Dalio's All Weather por- Fund uh, portfolio yeah. or just yep. what you could put oh, into. Oh, AW, right. All Weather. Yeah. And um, Laura and I started doing it as well pretty much at that time. And I believe the tickers are in the, the show notes article. Um and so I could tell you then this was about March of 2019. And right now we are about a day or two away from September. The Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund for my investments in there, and it's 20%. Uh, I've made 3.6% in terms of gains on that. Uh, short-term bonds, I made 3.71%. Mm-hmm. But my uh, GLD ticker, the SPDR Gold Trust, uh, we've made 23.34% on that since March of this year. And the long-term bond fund, just about the same amount. Mm-hmm. And um, so first of all, like it is super outperforming now, and that's just a now thing. Um, the purpose of the this allocation is that, like for example, it has the Vanguard small cap fund in there. I've lost 5% on that part of it. It's this holistic pie that when things do bad, others do good. And gold is just a cornerstone. It's a key piece mm. of the balance where, you know, I, I wish there was another thing that would be a great replacement for this, but there isn't. And so while we made three, whatever percent of the total stock market, and that may change drastically. You know, we've lost money, other stuff. We far outweighed it in gains in some of the more conservative things like gold. And so, yes, there's a 28% tax, but there is only a 28% tax when you sell it. And I know a lot of people invest, like we literally got a personal family question the other day. Hey, I need to put this money someplace for a year. And my answer is don't invest it. Right. Because yeah, put it in a savings account. Yeah. Like if we're talking about less than three years, Short you term. need it at a specific date. It's, it, it's stupid. You're trying to time the market. Yep. Investing is long term. And ideally, mm-hmm. you will do the best if it is like infinite term. Mm-hmm. And so when I invest money, I literally actually plan on never using it again. And sometimes we do use it if the opportunity arises. But the idea of investing in the golden butterfly is not to wait three years and then buy a house. It's for 30 years when you retire and then dear God, it's worth a lot. And the taxes on the gold portion, not a big deal. As compared to all the other things. Right. Right. Yeah. So 20% is high for gold, but you're not investing 100% in gold. Right. So yeah, you're going to take in 4%. And yeah, that that the gold portion is going to be a little bit higher in taxes. But here's the thing. Here's what I say. only when you make a gain on it. Dude, here's what I say about taxes in general. Like, I understand taxes. Everyone fucking hates them and and wants them to go away and just thinks, how do I avoid them? Like, there's a mindset of, like, Americans is like, how do I avoid paying the government for shit? Mm. You're not. You, you, you live in this country. We need roads. I know you could be a libertarian out there and think that, oh, none of this shit's going to roads, so why am I even paying it? The truth is, is like you live here, you pay the taxes. If you're spending all your time, you know, unless you're going to sit there and be a tax lawyer and learn tax law and dodge all the taxes, like, cool. 
did you make any money when you learn all that shit? Because meanwhile, there's a bunch of people out there making a ton of money and they can afford enough lawyers to do all this shit for them. Like Amazon, right? Yeah. You're not Amazon. You're a guy. You're a person. You're just a dude. You're a, you're a lady. You're sitting there. You're one person. And I'd rather spend my time figuring out how to make more money than figure out how to pay less taxes. But look, there, there is actually an answer to this question. How do you pay less taxes on gold? You, you could actually pay no taxes on all of your gains in gold. Stick it in a Roth IRA. Then you, then you invest in gold. It triples in value, whatever. And then you pull it out of the Roth IRA and you pay $0 in taxes. And so I think the, it's the question... You're, you're giving me a weird face. Yeah. What do you I, mean? Well, we literally talked about this last week with a guest, but I could explain it to you. Yeah, but if you're pulling it out... You pay of, taxes on your income first, then it goes into a Roth IRA, and it grows tax-free forever. But you pre, you put that money in pre-tax, but you said you could just roll it over into a Roth and never pay tax. I, I'm investing in it outside of an IRA. I do not qualify for an IRA, personally. Same. But if I did, it would be in a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter what it's invested in, how much it grows, when I eventually pull the money out, when I retire or whatever... It, you pay no taxes when you pull out of a Roth IRA. Because you put it in, you already paid the taxes on it when you put it in. As income, right? Which you've already paid taxes on it anyways. And right. everything you're investing except for something pre-tax. Right. And so I think the point is not to get so focused on this like narrow thing like the taxes on gold, but look at broader tax advantage things like investing in real estate. The reason why it's really appealing is not it's super uh, detail oriented and a pain in the ass and kind of <laughs> annoying to find and acquire properties. It's because it's essentially a tax free investment if if you're doing it well. And so, you know, um, and we have a lot of awesome episodes on IRAs, and you should listen to that. But if you want to <laughs> avoid the gold tax, do the golden butterfly in an IRA. There you go. That's it. Whew. Got to chug this beer now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, if you missed anything, of course, we'll have everything in the show notes. And you can either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And you can subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And if you do, please tell your friends about us and point them to your favorite episodes because I think that that really helps them to really understand like, oh, cool. This is I like the show. It's a very interesting topic. You know, you know your friends better than we you know your friends. Point them to something you think they'll like. And hopefully they'll become a subscriber as well. And if you have any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, if you want to have your question featured in an episode of Five Questions, please email us with some money matters at gmail.com. And of course, all the tools and resources that we definitely mentioned on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All right, that's it. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show.